Happy Social Work Month. Social Work Month is a time to celebrate the great profession of social work. The theme for Social Work Month 2021 is Social Workers Are Essential. During this month of celebration, I'll be highlighting black and brown social workers who are truly essential to their communities and the social work movement. Our first guest is Dr. Brittany Wachuku. She's an assistant professor of social work, director of field education, a licensed clinical social worker, and a board-certified oncology social worker. Thank you to all my fellow social work colleagues who have taken their careers and their passion to work tirelessly during this pandemic to evoke positive changes in the lives of individuals, families, groups, and entire communities. Thank you for all you do. Dr. Brittany, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you share your diverse social work experience and your experience of being a Black woman of color in higher education. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and your current role? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I am an assistant professor of social work, and I'm also the director of our Master's of Social Work Field Education program at my um, here in Pittsburgh. Um, but mm-hmm. Prior to that, I, I was an oncology social worker for one of our local hospitals here. Um, and that is on mm-hmm. my true passion lies. I, I loved working with the oncology patients, um, but it's been a nice transition to higher education, working with students um, in this capacity, um, especially being the field educator, you know, that allows me to really get to know the community and to collaborate with some of the agencies to make sure our students are having proper field placement. So that's been a great experience. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And how did you get into that um, position um, going from oncology into um, academia, right? Yeah. What 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 were some of the doors that you got opened what, as far as the schooling? Yeah. What happened with the, how did that come about? So I was really fortunate um, where my, um, where I completed my graduate degree. I've had some really great professors and mentors who I've kept in touch with over the over the past couple of years. And um, working in oncology, they allowed me to actually be a part-time faculty member for um, oncology students in their program, and then also assisting with some of the field placements in on, with oncology um, agencies and departments um, prior to my current position. So. I think just having that experience and and getting my foot in the door there allowed me to have a nice transition um, and uh, gave me the experience that I needed to be in the role that I'm in now. Mm -hmm, So I I definitely believe in, um, you know, keeping connected with the folks that you have from your graduate or undergraduate programs because you never know where those opportunities will Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that a lot of um, a lot of social workers, um, that's something that they're interested in going into, but they're usually, you know, unsure um, about their um, about not only their education, but their level of um, confidence. Like, how did you get that confidence going in? Like, what was it like for your first time teaching? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> how did how did that go? Well, a funny story is, um, as a little girl, I actually um, <laughs> played um, 
like make believe as a teacher uh, for my mm-hmm. for my <laughs> younger brother and I've honestly uh-huh. just loved teaching since then I've definitely had great role models my aunt is also a professor in social work um, and so mm-hmm. you know just having that generational expertise and knowledge to guide me and provide the confidence that I needed um, definitely giving me a, a different perspective than um my professors have in the course in the coursework you know that I was provided because you know your family they're really going to tell you where you're good at and what you're not good at um so I think just being able to have that support and that transparency with my um support system it's really given me some practice and allowed to, to just be confident um whenever I'm in front of the classroom that's awesome I'm so excited <laughs> yeah and what does a day, what does your day to day look like as far as getting you know especially now with COVID, um, were you teaching in person before and now with COVID you're teaching remotely? What are some of the the pros and cons to right. that? So this pandemic has definitely given us some um, difficulties, especially with field placement. I mean, as you know, that field experience and being in your agency in person, having that direct practice, really what prepares you. You know when so it's been extremely difficult to um, really work with agencies. I mean, obviously, we're working with them the best they can. Mm-hmm. Nobody really wants to take chances, you know, with, with COVID and everything, which is completely understandable. So that's definitely been difficult. But I will say that um, in academia, there's definitely a lot more flexibility than what I was used to. And um, so I'm loving that. Um and being able to just take the day by storm and and leader Mm -hmm. of my day. Um, But Mm -hmm. there is a lot of writing, (laughs) 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 a lot of writing, a lot of preparing, um, a lot of talking, as you can imagine, um, via Zoom and lecturing Mm -hmm. via Zoom. But Mm -hmm. I I definitely think there's more flexibility um, with it than probably in a traditional social work role. Right, right. And obviously, there's still there's still deadlines mm-hmm. and coming up with, um, you know, being able to um, constructively um, provide students with, you know, feedback regarding papers, mm-hmm. right? And, yes. and projects. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think with online learning, um, online learning is really difficult. I mean, it, you try your best to be as engaging, you know, whether and you and you want to make sure that you are teaching to all of your students who have various needs um so mm-hmm. you know whether you know um, auditory learners or whether they learn best um with uh, videos or you know whatever you can provide mm-hmm. try to do the best that you can online but it is hard um it's very overwhelming i know for the students um so we're trying our best to be as engaging as possible but that's definitely one of the things that i know we're missing um with not being in person i'm definitely um a professor that walks around um (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes i know yeah (laughs) i miss walking around the classroom and um i like my coursework to be really interactive and um you know, different Mm -hmm. group works and activities that you can do in the class. You just can't do online. Back a little Mm -hmm. bit, you talked about your, um, 
your early um, experience of pretending, <laughs> you know, to, te- <laughs> to teach. Um, and you mentioned an aunt. Is it only one aunt that's a social worker, that's a professor, you said? Yes. Or do you have other social workers in your family? Yes. So my family is, and I think it's um, super cool that uh, we are a generation of social workers. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. have two aunts that are in social work. Um, my mother was in social work, and my grandmother mm-hmm. was in social services. Um, wow. So just being around, um, oh my goodness, problem solving uh, with my family is, mm. <laughs> as you can imagine, um, very interesting. Obviously, from my perspective, I love it because it's all of us working together whenever something happens. But um, mm-hmm. it's been it's been really nice to be able to have that support um, going into the field, especially as a black woman. Um, mm-hmm. I feel it's predominantly um, white women in some areas, depending on the um, I know for sure in medical social work, it's predominantly white women. So it's been nice having that support to, to navigate me through some of those obstacles. Absolutely. And I can see, you know, a bunch of sisters and aunties <laughs> sitting around, you know, like a communal, you know, sitting at the table yes. trying to figure figure it out. That's like awesome. Yes. You know, what was that like for you? Like, what's your earliest memory of being surrounded by these social workers? You know, like, and I'm sure that, you know, with with growing up in a social work family, um, you know, they're probably very um, in tune to you know, injustices and equity and, you know, so that must be, (laughs) must have been amazing. Yes. I I think as a child, um, I didn't appreciate it as much, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, as a child, you just, your, your perspective is um, kind of tunnel vision sometimes. Of course. um, Mm -hmm. Definitely growing up um, and and all of the injustices happening in our society, um, Mm -hmm. it, it makes for great discussion. And I know, um, um, as a black woman, you know, there's just some discussions that I wish I could have at work. You know, I wish mm-hmm. my colleagues, um, but sometimes you just, it's it, depending on the, um, you know, who you're surrounded around and, and whatnot. And I'm sure we'll get into that. You just don't yeah. Um, and so it's just nice being able to have them to go through discussions with and to get different perspectives. Um, certainly with ethical dilemmas, you know, those come up in practice. And as a black woman, you want to um, make sure that you are straight, you know, whenever mm-hmm. certain ethical dilemmas. Um, and also, you know, sometimes you have patients and I've had patients who just simply did not want to um, receive services from me because I was mm. and trying to navigate that and what that feels like. And and I, I definitely I'm so thankful that I had my my aunts and um, my family to navigate that with me because we've all experienced it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Experienced it um, really helped me as well. That's wonderful that you have and like a you know you have like an in-home um, <laughs> yes. a group of in-home counselors, supporters, you know, enthusiasts, like everyone just being there to support yeah. you. And I'm sure it's a wonderful legacy to continue to preserve, right? I'm sure they're all very proud of you attaining your PhD and being a part of their team, right? They are. Um, 
Yeah. And I, when I graduated with my doctorate, um, obviously mm-hmm. I was very happy and emotional, to, mm-hmm. but um, I think I was even more emotional because of what it meant for my family. You know, um, just knowing the support that they provided me, especially my aunt, who's a professor. Um, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many papers she's helped me review, how many, mm-hmm. you know, articles she's helped me figure out. Um, so it, it just, it, it was a definitely a, a win and a good moment for my family. Workers are trying, you know, to, are contemplating, especially social workers of color, um, who are wondering, can I do this? Can I do a doctorate? Myself included. I think you and I have spoken about this and wanting to pursue it and looked at different programs. And so I pull myself back because <laughs> I'm so inundated with so many things. Um, but what was your motivation mm-hmm. towards completing your PhD? Yeah, I mean, the statistics are so small, I think, in in general for individuals mm-hmm. who have a PhD or doctorate. Um, and the stats are even smaller for people of color. And um, I mean, I've always, I always knew I wanted to be a professor. I always knew I wanted to be a tenured professor eventually. And I knew that was definitely one of the requirements. Um, but there's so much that you can do with a doctorate, um, so much independence that you have. Um, and the research alone, um, I think as people of color, I am amazed. I mean, when I when I went through my doctorate and, you know, you have to read articles and look at other dissertations to kind of, you know, find your niche of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I tell you the, the the students of color, their dissertations just amaze me. I mean, the perspective, the experiences that we have um, are just so special. And I, that I want it to be among that community and I, I wanted to be able to do that research because I too have a unique perspective. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I definitely wanted to pursue my doctorate for those reasons alone, um, aside from the credential requirement for my current position. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's wonderful to have that representation and to have leaders like you and even for the graduate students, whether they are white or black, I think, as you said, you do bring value and you bring experience and a different perspective. And it's so needed more than ever, you know, right. during this, these times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I know you also, we talked a little bit about lack of diversity in some of our um, our work setting, whether it's uh you know, school, whether it's um, mm-hmm. hospitals, think, you know, whatever um, departments per se that we're in, there is a lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. And one of the organizations that we belong to is AOSW, the Association of Oncology Social Workers. And you and I have spoken about the lack of diversity in AOSW, and they have recognized and are, seem to be determined to make some positive changes, mm-hmm. including ensuring, you know, representation within the organization. Mm-hmm. What has been your thoughts or what it, what it has been your role, if any, to help educate and advocate for more social workers of color mm-hmm. joining, you know, our organization? Yeah. So um, I, as a board member of that organization, um, I'm really mm-hmm. amazed at just kind of how that organization has shifted, I think, especially over the past year um, with everything, you know, all the, the unarmed killings and um, mm-hmm the disparities with COVID and how that's impacting our patients. 
um, our organization really wanted to take a stand. Um, I think this was the perfect year to do so. Um, and so I, I appreciate this shift, um, but I know, I, I believe it's 93% of, in regards to our statistics of the organization's members are white women. And yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's concerning. I mean, that's mm-hmm. statistic mm-hmm. in regards to the differences um, of, of uh, members of color. And so I'm really working with the board and I know everyone's trying to make sure that our strategic plan includes increasing diversity among members. Um, communications director, one of my sole roles is monitoring all of our communications, whether it's newsletters and our listserv and getting things out on social media. Um, and I know we're trying to make a conscious effort of diversifying those postings and the communication as well. Um, I know. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have noticed mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the process of, uh, you know, doing some things over with our newsletter. And I know we're making a conscious effort to make sure all vo- voices are heard um, and that we have a nice uh, diverse group of authors who are in the newsletter i think Mm -hmm. there there are definitely efforts and and things that are are trying um you know to make things a little bit better in regards to diversity for the organization which i don't think they've seen for a while um so i'm i'm happy to see that shift for them same here i think um we talked a little bit um, offline, of course, about, you know, the first time that I went to an AOSW conference. And I think, um, you know, I was so excited and um, fascinated by the number of oncology social workers from all over the country. And just seeing all of us as social workers and that camaraderie was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also, um, you know, it was kind of discouraged seeing, I think I only saw like five <laughs> black social workers there, probably three or five. I was probably one. And, uh, <laughs> Yes, right. You're right. You're right. And I, you know, and it's after I saw um, a social worker, Kimberly from Emory at that time, and she was proposing, she was, um, uh, she was presenting on a topic. And I remember sitting in and seeing all these white women sitting there watching Mm -hmm. and listening to her present on top and a topic that I think was um, specific to Mm African-American And, um, and there was, yes, because I recall her talking about their narratives and um, they had like some video clips of patients telling their stories and some of their experiences. And I sat there for the first time, like, oh my gosh, a black girl is doing it, you know? <laughs> and so it really just caused a stir in me. And I remember as soon as I came back from that experience and from that uh, conference, I ended up getting it you know I reached out to AOSW and they ended up giving me a mentor and I learned how to complete you know my and submit my first abstract and and so it was just an amazing experience and so I do see the shift I think there's a lot of work to be done but I can see that they're making you know they're making the efforts and doing yeah. so yeah I, I, agree. Yeah. I agree and I, and I know that um, in the new role the the director role for diversity um, and inclusion, I think that'll be a great mark. I, I know the individual in the role is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Do a really great job getting that going. You mentioned again 
through AOSW, the lack of diversity, what are some of the challenges that you've faced as a woman of color on this journey, right? As far as getting to where you are, whether it was in your early um, unseasoned <laughs> social work years, you know, yeah. <laughs> now you're well seasoned and, yeah. you know, you know, how do you, how, what are some of the challenges that you've faced? You mentioned the classroom. Are some of the students like, are they all receptive to you? I think it's hard sometimes to be a black woman yeah. teaching, you know, white mm-hmm. students and how, how did they take right. to you, right? How did, how did that transition right. go? So I definitely, in regards to kind of my overall experience, I had such a major shift. So I, when I graduated from my undergrad, I moved to Philadelphia, which is way more diverse than Pittsburgh. And so I, mm-hmm. when I was working and starting in my social work career um, in, in Philadelphia, of course, I was able to have um, colleagues of color. Um, I had a supervisor of color. And so I, I felt just more supported um, in my goals and aspirations, especially as a young Black woman. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just felt really good about what I was doing and the work that I was doing and felt represented. And then I moved to Pittsburgh (laughs) and um, it was just a complete culture shock. I mean, I just remember going into my interview um, for the oncology social work position and walking through the hospital and not seeing not one other person that looked like me. Um, And Mm. I I did get the job and I ended up moving um, back to Pittsburgh because I am from here. So I I, I Mm -hmm. wanted to be back in the area. Um, but it was definitely difficult in regards to wanting to promote myself and, and to get into a leadership role. Um, I have goals and every five years I write down goals that I have for myself and, and what I wanted to do. Wow. Um, and I knew that I was giving myself five years to complete my doctorate. I knew that I, my five, myself five years to, um, step into higher education. And so I was very, um, focused on on what I do um, and had zero support. Um, I just remember that I got into my doctorate program and my supervisor said, what for? You know, why would you? Mm -hmm. And I remember telling her, you know, what my goals were. And she was like, but you're so young. And then Mm. when I finally got into my doctorate program, um, another director said to me, you know, you're blooming too fast. Like you need to slow. Wow. So um, it written, and this is kind of where my support system came in um, because, you know, you're hearing these things from people in leadership, people mm-hmm. who, you know, are, are over you and, and folks that you almost look up to. Um, right. You're looking to them right. for advice and reassurance and validation and saying, yes, you can exactly. do it, you know? Exactly. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that just wasn't there. And so, I um I always try to remember my why. Um, I always try to go back to that and and reassure myself about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it to propel me mm-hmm. through that. Um, but it was definitely discouraging because there were other colleagues who were on the same path or wanted to do the similar things of me that were not of color um, and being supported and praised and getting the promotions and you know, doing everything that I had aspired to do. Um, And so it it does get discouraging, but I think um, the Black women especially, I think we're the most resilient folks. (laughs) Um, 
Mm-hmm. And so That's, of course. You know, we're always mm-hmm. constantly facing obstacles and challenges, especially on the job. And so um, I did what I had to do to finish. And um, but yeah, it, it's discouraging often as a black and predominantly white fields. I'm happy that you did push through and forged mm-hmm. ahead with um what you wanted, right? You had a dream and you were not going to put it off. And I'm happy that you pushed forward. I think I recently did a podcast on microaggression, yeah. you know, and racism and the work yeah. in the workplace. That was, um, that was say that phenomenal. Again? The podcast. No, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your support, by the way, because I think that you've been one of the social workers that I've, you know, in the short period of time that we've known each other uh, <laughs> via phone calls. <laughs> I've kind of reached out to you as my, uh, I said, I need to get a retainer, like, (laughs) you know, to hire you like when when I'm about to lose it. And I, you know, (laughs) and in that podcast, I talk about the importance of support from other women. And I'm happy that you were able to return home because you have a support system and a safe space, but which, you know, your aunts and their leadership and experience, I could only imagine the support that they gave you and even you know, and pushed you and pushed you forward to do it. So I'm sure you cried at first, like we oh, all I do was, when you're yeah, down, I was you know? ready to pack up and transfer. <laughs> yes, was, of course, of course. To go. Um, but my aunt, who's a professor, she said, nope, you, you signed up for this. You have to stick it out. You know, you have a goal in mind. Don't let those people push you around, you know. Um, Absolutely. So, um, I appreciate her words because yes I was in tears <laughs> I was in tears uh-huh no of course we've listened we've all been there you know yeah. <laughs> on some scale we've all been there in the corner crying and somebody comes in and scoop us up and put us you know dust us off mm-hmm. and put us back out there and that's where real support is you yeah. know I know that in one of our conversations you you discussed um a program that you guys are working at um through your current role, a project about um, where students are working with police, with the police department. I know that we've had a lot of, um, you know, kind of a mental health crisis in our communities right now. Well, it's always been there, but I think it's more polarized now due to COVID and isolation and just the anxiety and depression. Um, And so we've seen a lot of African-American, you know, um, people or individuals that are looking for help and they call the police officers and their response is totally different than it is for, you know, for white individuals right. that are calling that are in a mental health crisis. Right. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? And sure. well, how are your students adjusting sure. to being in a police department? Yeah, so um, at the university that I, I'm with, um, one of the um, components that we kind of offer our students is an option to do um, their field education requirements with a police department or work. Mm-hmm. And so we've had the opportunity to have a few of them um, do their internships with the police department. And it's two different police departments um, that mm-hmm. our students are employed in. And I, I will say as a, just everything that's happening in our society and, and me being a black woman and knowing my surroundings, um, Mm-hmm. This was the first time that I've ever stepped into a police department um, for, mm-hmm. especially for a professional matter. And so I was, 
I, I was a little taken back because I, you know, you you have this perspective um, because of what is happening, and you kind of have this guard up. Um, mm -hmm. I will I will say the the police department that our students are at um, is probably one of the more progressive departments in um, our area, and they are mm -hmm. working with these officers. Um, to provide mental health services to the community. They're also working with some of the school districts um, and, the, and the counselors to um, kind of integrate and be that liaison between the police department um, community mm -hmm. and the school district. Um, so it's really been beneficial to the community. I mean, so much so that um, they actually want to hire one of our social workers um, whenever they're finished at the end of this semester, which I think will be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, for the community and and what they're seeing um, and it it's it's been of course an educational opportunity um, not mm -hmm. a lot of folks I think a lot of folks in general confuse the role of social work um, but mm -hmm. it's, it's of been an educational opportunity to really tell not only the community but you know of course the police department the role of social work and how we can de-escalate situations you know we're not here um to do child line referrals we are mm -hmm. <laughs> we are highly trained to assess and intervene and provide resources in any area and so it's really been a great opportunity for the students i know for sure and it's definitely been um a learning experience for me as well Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, just being heightened, like as a heightened awareness uh, as a yeah. black person going mm -hmm. into, you know, a police station or I know even for myself when um, I've, I've been pulled over, like my light was out. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, like, you know, you see the cop, the flashlight, the, the, um, the lights and you're like, wait a minute, do I have something in the car? Have I? Like, right. You know, right. Do I, yeah. you know, like you just become like, wait a minute no I don't have anything in the car what, what is wrong with me like you know it's, <laughs> what is it but I think that um yeah you do become heightened and aware about where you are and even for the students what would their you know what was their reception are they African-American students are they white uh students how have you seen differences or similarities the way that they're um accepted or you know how what's the interaction with them with yeah the so the, the two students so like I mentioned there's two police departments and the one police department is in a more um, like suburban area um, so the mm -hmm. students that are interning there are two white um, females they're being called for more domestic violence um, hoarding uh, runaways um, substance abuse type situations whereas other community is um it, it's a it's a bit mixed but most of the crime is african-american um an african-american uh, student is at that location and um it, it's definitely been a different response um with the the two groups mm -hmm. of students. Um, the more suburban student, of course, has the necessary resources for right, able to provide right. our students, you know, with the with the police vest and with the jacket, you know, all the gear that they need and, and everything that they need to do their job. Whereas the other department, not so much. And right, so right. It, it's it's been a little frustrating because you know, as a social worker and just our own perspective. 
um, you never want to see you never want to see the disparities um, really play out for our it's been frustrating in that regard but um, you know we're trying our best to navigate it but I, I will say that the community with the suburban um, area the the response has just been overwhelmingly positive um, awesome I'm, awesome I'm really happy that that's at least working um, in regards to one of our students being hired um, I, I just wish that you know the more um, mixed demographic community had a similar response um, because I know that's probably in regards to you know communicating and collaborating with mental health services and social work in the department I mean mm-hmm. that community is who needs it you know and, absolutely and unfortunately absolutely. The, the response hasn't been as positive Right, right, right. And what has mm-hmm. been your role? Do you meet with the, are you only su- providing support to the the students and telling them how to navigate the system? Or are you also meeting um, with, you know, the police chief and having the discussion and saying these are some of the things that we can do or trying to have buy-in right. from them? Are you meeting I am. with them too? So I coordinate um, the entire field program. So I, I meet with all of the agencies, all of the supervisors, in this case, of course, the chiefs, um, the mayor of some of the communities, just to make sure everything is going smoothly. Um, it's just been difficult, though, because of the pandemic. And from a university perspective, we want to make sure our students are safe. Um, but from also my perspective, you know, I want to make sure they're getting the experience and doing the work that's needed. Um, so it's, it's, it's been difficult trying to communicate that and, and get on the same page, um, with the other police department, um, that we are, um, partnering with, but, um, it, we're trying our, we're trying our best to, um, you know, make sure that the students are feeling supported and then also being heard by by the police officers there. Right, right. And it sounds like a very interesting, well-needed program. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, kudos to your uh, to to the department that you spoke about that's a little bit more progressive and see the need and the benefit to having a social worker there. Um, I think it really, you know, it would really help to deter and to support um, people in the community that are, you know, as I said, with the increase in mental illnesses and just needing help. And so that will definitely deter a lot of these, you know, killings um, that has unnecessary, you know, killings that have happened to people who are seeking help. I think of, you know, I think it's Daniel Prude who was, um, you know, he was a guy in Ross, Rochester mm-hmm who, um, you know, was handcuffed and naked and died from asphyxiation from police officers restraining him. And so if, if our role, if we can help um, with, you know, with limiting or mm-hmm. stopping the number of people that are that are dying unjustly mm-hmm. like that, then the work the work is being done. Right. And you I, know? I really so, I, yeah. I have enjoyed um, these meetings um, because you can definitely see a difference since the, our first meeting, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. their perspective shift. Um, and I think they're able to see more of the uh, psychological and social side that we see that they haven't been mm-hmm. 
Um, and so when they're stepping into um, these calls or, or when they're doing their ride-alongs, I'm definitely mm-hmm. hearing because obviously I have to assess what the students are doing um, from from the perspective that I'm seeing and, and what I'm assessing. They're definite, it, there's definitely a shift um, in these police officers that we're working with um, and being a little bit more inclusive and understanding um, to, and, and also I think the profiling, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the profiling that unfortunately happens in, in several communities, um, but majority black communities um, that is shifting because of the perspective and education that we're providing them. Um, so I absolutely, that, absolutely. Um, we were able to, you know, able to have the program for our students and I'm excited to kind of see how this will blossom um, as we continue. Awesome. And maybe that'll be something for you to present yeah. in the next year or two at AOSW, yeah. right? <laughs> that'll be another another abstract that could that'll be interesting yeah. for submission that, you know, we can discuss. And you never know in two years what that what this movement will look like as far as um, social workers and, you know, going for ride alongs and helping to um, to decrease mm-hmm. racial profiling and to help, you know, um, mental health recipients. Right. So that's awesome. Right. Right. We have yeah. a lot of work to do, yeah. but um, still a lot of work. Yes, to do, a lot of work. It's just a chip. Yeah. <laughs> there are many social workers listening to this podcast. Some are just starting their careers. Some are more seasoned. Some are in the early stages. Um, what advice would you give them about, you know, about attaining their social work yeah. goals? So I, I was actually just talking to my husband um, because I think sometimes, especially in in a field where there are so many professionals, um, it can often get overwhelming because you're seeing so many other people um, trying to do the work that you're doing. And I know sometimes you can even ask yourself or, or wonder, you know, why would I waste my time doing that? Or why would I want to continue doing that if there's so many other people out here? Um, and I, I, my advice would be to always remember your why. Um, I think there's go into the field with an experience or a passion or something that's led them there. Um, and there's just a certain community or a group of people that you want to help um, because of that experience. And so always go back to your why because that will propel you to move forward. And also remember, nobody can be you. You know, we all provide a unique mm-hmm. perspective. Um, and so remember the perspective and the uniqueness that you bring and and how that is helping and, and allowing, you know, the work that you want to do and the reasons to why you want to do it propel you. Um, because there are, there's so much work that needs to be done out here and we all can of course chip in and do our part um but we need to work collaboratively and because we all bring a unique perspective to the table so remember absolutely absolutely and i love that i actually wrote that down remember your why There's room for all of us, right? There's 
show, as you said, there's so many different perspectives and experiences. And um, and there's more than ever because of COVID. I mean, our mm-hmm. field is booming and there are so many different opportunities. And so that's why I enjoyed having you today to talk about, you know, your uh, journey um, into going from, onco- you know, from oncology social work to um, your degree uh, in, edu- in education and and teaching. And I think it's wonderful. You know, social workers are are uh, our profession yeah. is so diverse mm-hmm. as far as the work that we do. And as I said, there's definitely room right, for all right. of us. Yeah. What would you say to your younger self? What advice would you give to your younger self now that you're <laughs> Dr. Brittany? What would you? <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, yeah. from the little girl, from the little girl who was playing, you know, playing, playing, <laughs> playing with her little brother. Yeah, play school. Oh my yes. goodness. Um, I was such a shy child. Um, I, I've always been more in my head. Um, and I think that's why, um, one of my super skills I think is writing because I just write everything out. Um, but I think my advice to my younger self would be, um, to just let my voice be heard. Um, I think that, you know, there's so many things that I, that I wanted to say or wish I could say, and I would just write it out. But um, I think there's also, of course, um, positives and just kind of letting it out, you know, letting your voice be heard. Don't be afraid to um, say what you want to say because you mean it. Um, Step into it with Mm -hmm. confidence. Speak it with your chest. Um, And I think that's that's Mm -hmm. one of the advice I would probably give my young me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And what do you do for fun and self-care? I know that, you know, we we are we're in snowstorms every day it's another snowstorm another ice yeah. storm you know what do you do to you mentioned a husband what are you doing for fun um in in spite of us being in this pandemic and and for self-care yeah. how are you taking care um, of yourself so my husband and i we love binge watching anything um <laughs> so uh-huh. for self-care um and on a night where we're both available um we will order some good food um and we've been trying to try new restaurants in our area so we will order some good food and just binge watch whatever and we will sit there for hours (laughs) (laughs) listen (laughs) that's wonderful it sounds good because that's what i'm doing over here in new york you know yes there's so much snow outside (laughs) and, and ice everywhere so i mean that's all we can do really right now Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, awesome, awesome. And where can our listeners find you on social media? Do you have a website? Sure. Like what? Um, yeah. So I know, am on yeah. social media on Instagram. Um, my last name and my mm-hmm. first initial, so Wachuku B. And then um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and you would just be able to search my full name, Brittany Wachuku. Awesome, awesome. Any last words for our I'm listeners? just so I'm so honored to be on the podcast with you. Um, I think you are doing great work. Um, this perspective that you're providing, um, especially to our women of color working in this field, um, is so needed. I mean, representation means so much. And I think you're giving a voice to so many, um, especially with the podcast that you recently recorded about microaggressions. There's so many things that I'm sure everyone was able to relate to 
um, but may have not have been able to, um, you know, pinpoint their feelings or to express their feelings in a way that you so eloquently did. Um, so I, I just appreciate the work oh, that you're you. doing and I, I um, hope that you continue um, because you've had some really good topics so far. No, thank you so much, Brittany. It's, it's a privilege hearing that from you. Um, and I appreciate um, you listening and being one of the number one supporters <laughs> and just jumping on it when I sent it to Ava Stubby, you sent it out. And um, and I have received some really great responses and feedback about it. And you've been a person in my corner that has, you know, I, I'll send it to you and say, you know, listen to it. You know, for because when I recorded that one about microaggressions, I was kind of, I was a little bit fearful about putting that out there. Um, and, you know, I was so thankful that you said, yes, yeah. go ahead and do it. But it needed to be done. And I'm happy there's still a lot of, you know, I still am fearful and, um, about how others will, um, you know, ex- if they're accepting the message, but it's really about yeah. self-reflection and, um, and education. And so, um, I'm happy that you were able to come yeah. on and to share, um, your experience and education and, and history. I think it's a beautiful history and <laughs> legacy hearing about, um, yeah. your early beginnings, right? And thank you so much for sharing that. And I wish you all the best and I'm sure it will be seeing each other when we can go to conferences in person again (laughs) yeah and also you you forgot to mention or i'd like to take the opportunity to mention that you submitted an abstract to aosw Mm -hmm. for presentation this year and you it was accepted right yes yeah and what will the topic be presenting a little snippet from my dissertation um so it's the role of diversity training on a healthcare professional's understanding of diversity so I'm really excited. Awesome. I, I'm excited. To, I, I know you submitted one as well, so I'm excited to hear your presentation. But um, I think that's, you know, when we talk about being a little bit more diverse and inclusive, um, I, I'm happy that um, more voices are being heard um, at these conferences. So I look forward to this one for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I look forward to meeting you in person. I thank Thanks you for so having- much for being on. Um, yeah, you're welcome. You're Thank welcome. You. It was a pleasure. All right. Bye-bye.